1: Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Friday, November 8th. Again, I keep saying this all week, but it feels truer and truer with each passing day. The 2019 tennis season... Almost over. It feels like tennis really never ends. It's one of the few 52-week sports. You've got a futures event here, a challenge event there. There's something always going on. Exhibition play throughout December as well. So, uh, no, the tennis season never really ends. But the professional portions of the year, the ATP, WTA seasons, now finally winding down. Obviously, on the men's side, we've been talking about it all week. The ATP Next Gen Finals going on in Milan right now. That is down to the semifinal action. Alex hours is going to take on Francis Tiafo, Miomir Kecmanovic taking on Yannick Sinner. Uh, we may talk about that at the end, but for those listeners who don't know, another big event this weekend, one of the final events on the tennis calendar, the Fed Cup final. Fed Cup, one of the few team events outside of, you know, Hopman Cup at the beginning of the year, Laver Cup at the end of the year, Davis Cup throughout, Fed Cup now going down to the wire. In our final, we have Australia taking on France, should be an exciting final in Perth, and joining me to preview that action. She is now a regular host of our Cracked Interviews podcast, where you may have heard her interviews with Anna Konya, with uh, Florida assistance coach Lauren Embry. We are so happy to have her back on the Mini Break podcast with me. She now understands why I'm not able to sustain a long-term relationship. But Vicki Duvall, welcome back to the Mini Break podcast.
2: Thank you. Yeah, it's been a little while, but so glad to be back. No,
1: we love having you. Look, again, it's on me. You're... as much as you're the one who's a tennis professional, I should be waiting to every moment. I'm a diva. I'm a prima donna. So as always, my bad, Vicky, for not having you back sooner. But how have you been? Our listeners, obviously, well aware. Uh, I saw a video today. You're biking again. That's good.
2: I know. I was in the middle of PT, and the trainer was like, or sorry, the physical therapist was like, I think you should warm up with the bike tomorrow. And I was like, know. About that <laughs> um, and uh, we started the treatment and I was like I'm gonna go for it so I went on the bike and one turn and two turns and three turns and it wasn't hurting at all so I was like wow we love this for me so I kept going for five minutes Um, And I'm doing great. This week is the first week that I started loading the leg, really. Um, The first week of PT was mostly stuff on the table. And this week, we've done some single leg stuff. Um, We do this machine called the BFR, which I absolutely hate. It's a blood flow restriction machine. (laughs) And um, it's, uh, it's pretty painful, but it gets the job done. So overall, I mean... For two weeks out of surgery now, it's been uh, quite the recovery. So I couldn't be more pleased.
1: Five minutes on the bike does sound. I mean, for you having gone through a process like this before, uh, how are you? How are you feeling mentally, even beyond the physical? Uh, you know, progression day by day. You still holding up well?
2: Yeah, I'm holding up really well. I think that's part of um, my the thing I've been blessed with the most is just having and just incredible outlook on everything. Um, so I, I try to keep things light in my life. And I think obviously bouncing back from the surgery so quickly is super helpful. I mean, going into the surgery, I was really scared. And um, the thought of going under the knife again is obviously not a fun one. And my last surgery wasn't the best experience. Um, so, you know, I was scared, but it's it's been great. So we are in fantastic spirits. <laughs>
1: you know, we, we are glad to hear. And again, if this can help take your mind off that at all then. It makes me even more happy to be here, but for you, I know it's off-season time and before we get into Fed Cup. Just how are I know this is not the way you want to start your off-season, but is there any burden being like, okay, now it's November. Uh now I can relax a little bit. Is that that's got to be a nice feeling
2: yeah no for sure and there's gonna be a lot of pros training here at IMG and um it'll be a good environment for me even before I'm able to start playing you know to watch some of the practices I saw Sabine Lisicki play a few days ago um she was dealing with some illnesses and she's been back and hitting well um you know amanda's here too so it's it's really fun to just watch the pros hit even when i'm not able to hit yet so um yeah obviously this time of the year things are winding down and they're picking up at the same time you know because you're building for the season but um yeah it's a it's a hard but fun time for sure it's
1: got to be fun to just hang out at img right just be in that tennis i mean I'm just so envious from afar. Maybe you just get sick of it day in, day out, but that, that's got to be a fun atmosphere. Everyone's working to get better.
2: Oh, no, I recommend it 100%. I mean, very hard to get in, but <laughs> if you can get in, it is, it is 100% the best experience. I mean, security is just, it's tightened up so much at IMG. It's crazy. I've been there for 10 years, and it's almost like a burden to get through the gate every day. <laughs> so everyone's on lockdown in there.
1: Yeah, seriously, you're like Roger. You see me every day when I check in. Like do I really need <laughs> to show you my badge again? And then Yeah,
2: uh, this is only my fourth drive through the gate, but that's okay. I'll <laughs> roll my window down again. It's okay.
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, speaking of things that uh we like to do every day. There was a time in tennis history when Australia was the nation to beat, and as we transition to this Fed Cup final, obviously I mentioned the final going on this week between number uh, number one. I don't think they're seated, but between Australia and France, for Australia, a tennis a country known for their tennis, this is their first Davis, uh, first Davis, first Fed Cup title appearance in 45 years, or they haven't at least won a title in 45 years, not since 1974. But this has been a season for Australian women's tennis. I mean, it starts at the top, right? And much with their Fed Cup, before we get into the matchup, Australia versus France, I kind of want to set the scene how we got here. I mean, for Australia, much like we've seen in Davis Cup when a Federer, a Djokovic, a Murray goes on that sort of run. I mean, Ashley Barty has been the central force of Team Australia thus far. She goes 4-0 in this, uh, in this run uh, in singles, 2-0 in doubles. She has been the best player of the Fed Cup tournament. And despite all of her, the success she's had this year, she's coming off of a World Tour Finals victory. Uh, she's ending the year as World number 1. She won her first Grand Slam she's already won the six matches she played Uh, in her comments to the press in the build-up to this she talked about how much a Fed Cup title would mean to her how much it would mean to bring that back to Australia and so I wanted to start by asking you Vicky I know you've gotten the chance to act as a hitting partner on a Fed Cup team can you just talk about why Fed Cup means so much more to these players
2: yeah, I mean, obviously I didn't get to have the full experience because um, I wasn't really with the girls all the time. But um, even as a hitting partner, I mean, you can you can see that playing for your country, playing for something a bit bigger than yourself. Tennis is such an individual sport, you know, apart from doubles. And to get into an environment where you're playing for something so much bigger than yourself, um, you know, it's really sort of a mini Olympics, you know, so um, I think it's really amazing to see. I mean, like you said, Barty has had such an incredible season. I mean, I think that would just be her ultimate cherry on top to be able to bring that back for Australia. Um, and yeah, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see. They've had some really close matches uh, leading up to the finals. I think it's great because, you know, it doesn't happen very often to be in a situation where you're playing for the trophy for your country. So I think once you're that close to, you know, getting your hands on it, it just means even more for them.
1: We just talked about it being the off season. There's the, uh, you know, the balancing act of players who are done with the year. They want to start getting ready for 2020 right away. But there's also that... <clears throat> feeling of because it's such a long season you could get burnt out so for I mean it, you know Ashley Barty is going to be here it sounds like we're going to have all the top players on both sides here but as a professional how do you balance uh you know because for Barty it's another match on top of what she's probably played 70 plus matches this year I mean it's crazy to have something scheduled this late in the season but I mean because it's Fed Cup you find that motivation right
2: Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think a really interesting stat I was reading was that she's won the last 14 Fed Cup rubbers. I mean, that's a lot of tennis on top of the incredible year she's had, you know, she's played so much this year. And, I think, like you said, you just get into another gear. Um, it's kind of crazy. I'm sitting here at home thinking, like, wow, people are still playing tennis right now. But, <laughs> um, you know, once once you're playing for something so big and so significant, you just automatically have to get into that gear. And, and obviously, it's not a super long event. You know, it's over just a couple days but um yeah it's just crazy that tennis is being played still but <laughs> it's it's going to be fun to watch
1: As we preview the teams, I want to start with Team Australia. So, Westhoff, give me some sort of Australian sound effect, please. Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Really going to be interesting to see what he comes up with there. Hopefully, he doesn't do anything too scandalous. But, (laughs) Vicky, this match being in Perth, uh, obviously, that's in Australia. Uh, I believe you mentioned when we were talking beforehand that it's going to be at the site of the Hopman Cup. Uh, Can we start from the standpoint of Australia gets to be the home team? You've been to a Fed Cup atmosphere. You've seen what that's like. How big of an impact should that have for Team Australia from the get-go?
2: Oh, I think that'll be huge. Um, And. I played in the Hotman Cup actually with Jack Sog. I, I don't remember what year it was. I've had so many comebacks now, I'm trailing on which comeback this was. Uh, but I think it was either in 2015 or 16. I mean, it's a. I was going huge... to say
1: 1997, but sure.
2: I was close. <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm that old. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a it's a really nice venue, thirteen thousand five hundred people, and I think it'll be great uh, for Australia, obviously. And I and I saw Pauline talked in an interview and said they're ready to go up against the crowd as well, you know. But we've seen in the past the French fans really get behind their players in Fed Cup, so I'm sure they're gonna really try to match as much as they can the noise. But it's gonna be. Huge home advantage for Australia, for sure.
1: Anyone who's watched an Australian Open, who's seen an Ashley Barty match there, a Sam Stozer match there, Nick Kyrgios match there, Leighton Hewitt back in the day, even guys like Tanasi Kokonakis, Australia brings the noise for its home teams. They always do. It's always a good crowd. And I think that's going to be, it's going to have a tremendous impact, especially because you look at these teams and it's really the things they do well. uh, They're so different from one another for Team Australia, as we've mentioned, it really has been Ashley Barty carrying the load and that's not meant to speak illly upon her teammates. That's a testament to how good she has been, the luxury she's afforded Team Australia throughout their Fed Cup run. I mean, it's like, again, the best equivalent I can think of is the Andy Murray 2016 run he had with Great Britain in Davis Cup, where he just ran the table for them. You knew he was going to win his two singles rubbers, and then hopefully him and Jamie could win the doubles rubber, and that's their three points. Well, for this Team Australia thus far, uh, you know, uh, in their two wins, they got a 3-2 win over the USA in the quarterfinals. Ashley Barty provided two straight set wins, one over Kennan, one over Keys, and then a doubles win to get those three points. Points in the semifinals against Belarus again a three two decision uh, she gets a win over Azarenka she gets a win over I think I typed it wrong but I believe it was Sabalenka as well and then she gets a doubles uh, victory with Stover over, over Sabalenka and Azarenka um, I mean that this is on three sets. I feel like this is just lining up for the Ashley Barty coronation. It's like you're world number one, (laughs) world tour finals champion, and here's a Fed Cup title for you as well.
2: Oh, for sure. And I mean, she talked about how much this means to her to kind of have this opportunity on top of the stellar year she's had. And I think what's going to be really interesting is to see how she kind of handles the pressure of the final. Because like you said, I think there's going to be a lot of expectation on her to really deliver like she's delivered in the past. Um, she's been on a total win streak in Fed Cup so far and just been absolutely dominant in all her matches. And so it'll be really interesting, obviously, that home-crowned advantage and she's gonna feel great going out there I'm sure Uh, but it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see how you know she kind of handles being the one with the weight on her back for the finals
1: if you have to like if you're hers that for team France most of their options although right now and granted, this is from Wikipedia, so take it with a grain of salt, but the projected lineups they have going on is that the singles will be Hahn and Gavrilova for Australia versus Cornet and Parmentier for France. Now, that just doesn't seem possible at all. Like, right? That's just... No. That doesn't seem very likely. So let's assume Ashley Barty's playing. Let's also assume a player like a Caroline Garcia or an Elise Cornet is going to play for France. Well, for Ashley Barty, you know, she beat Garcia in three sets, but she beat her in Wuhan a couple of weeks ago go 2-1 overall against her head-to-head. Uh, she lost to Kiki Modenovic earlier this year in Rome on the clay, but again, their 1-1 one one career head-to-head. She beat Cornet 5-3 at Hopman Cup earlier this year. So she has winning records against a lot of Team France's players. But what what makes me even more excited, maybe leaning towards Australia as the favorite heading into this one... Look at the depth they have in their career head-to-heads against France. Now, Sam Stozer is not the Sam Stozer of 2012, but she carries uh, significant leads against France's best options, I would say, in singles, in that she's 4-1 and against Mladenovic, 5-3 and against Cornet. She's 0-1 against Garcia, but still, that's one match. If Australia can steal a non-Bardy singles rubber, it feels like this match will be over.
2: No, yeah, for sure. And I would be shocked that they wouldn't put a Tomyanovich or a Sharma even in the singles. You know, Tomyanovich is at 51 in the rankings. Sharma's at 108. And, you know, everyone on the France team has had a long season as well. You know, Mladenovic recently split with her coach. So you have to wonder kind of where she's at now, too. I mean, she's had a great end of the year winning the doubles with Babos. Uh, Garcia's had a pretty good year, too. So it'll just be interesting. But um, I think I would agree with you in leaning towards the chances of Australia um getting the victory
1: i'm really glad you brought up that mladenovic world tour uh finals doubles win but the splitting of the coach and hold that thought for a second just to finish up on australia because you're right um or I guess on that point for France, they're probably the favorite heading into double. As good as Ashley Barty is, you know, she is a former world number one, if not top 10 doubles player herself, former uh, women's doubles Grand Slam champion. Uh, but Kiki Ledenevich may have put together, in my opinion, I thought she was the best doubles player during the 2019 season on the WT. And she finishes the year number two, which is just short of that. You know, Striskova was very good at number one, but Ledenevich is right up there. So... Even if if you give France a slight edge in the doubles and that they have options, they can go to mladenovic Garcia, which won them their last match against Romania. They can, you know, you always feel confident when you have Kiki Mladenovic on the doubles court. But for Australia. I completely agree with you. You have to wonder for them. I know, you know, they played Stozer in one match and she didn't win her. I think I have it right now. Stozer right now is 0-2 in singles thus far in Fed Cup. Gavrilova's played one. She's 0-1 in in her matches. Uh, Burrell is 0-1 in singles matches. So they have not gotten a win in singles thus far uh, through their run. So I agree. I don't know why they wouldn't play a Sharma. I don't know why they wouldn't look to a Tom Janovich. I guess they're probably thinking, you know, these were the players who got us here, right? So I I agree with you. I would be looking to maybe, I mean, I would be open to the idea of switching up our second singles player.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. And And I read an interview with Stozer where she said she talked to the captain and she's more than happy to take a back seat, even though she's, probably had the best record for Australia in Fed Cup. I mean, I don't think, probably, I think she has had. uh, But, you know, she's very aware that her last singles didn't go very well, and she's, I think that was great of her to say, that she understands that if the captain wants to put a Tomyanovich or someone else in the singles, at the end of the day, everyone's working together towards the same goal, you know? So I think... I think I'd be really shocked if uh, Barty, Tomjanovic, or or one of those, wasn't plugged into two of the singles.
1: My counter to that is, though, do you really want to throw in a young Astra Sharma who you know, was at Vanderbilt not that long ago, or a Tomjanovic who hasn't played a Fed Cup rubber this year, and just throw them into the final? Like, that's the counter, right, is why not roll with the Stozer who has played high levels of Fed Cup before, played Grand Slam finals before, won't be awed by the moment, or maybe she will, but, uh, you know, this idea that on paper she's certainly qualified for this sort of high-pressure moment. It also, I think, comes down to how much confidence do you have in Ashley Barty, uh, not only in singles, but in doubles as well, and, you know, she's got so much mileage on her from this season, and every scenario, you know, the most logical scenario would be two Bardi singles rubbers and then a barty doubles rubber. And I guess it's, you know, finding Bardi a partner, whether it's Sha- whether it's Han, whether it's Sharma, whether it's Stozer. I guess, how confident are you in Australia and the options they have in doubles as well?
2: I would definitely have to give France the advantage in doubles. I think Mladenovic coming off the win that she's had at the year-end finals, I mean, I think... That's going to propel her big time. I think at the end of the day, the risk of throwing in a Tomyanovich... I mean, I think Sharma would be a stretch maybe in the beginning. I think obviously everyone on the team will be considered. But I think Barty, Tomjanovic, Stozer are probably going to be in the top three pickings. I think it'll all come down to confidence. You know, where Stozer's confidence right now? Her last match didn't go very well. How is she feeling? And, and tennis is funny where things can change on a dime. You can have one really awful day and then have a great training day and then you go out and smoke everybody in a tournament. You know, that's just how it happens. So it'll just be really interesting. I guess that's where the the uh, knowledge of the captain and kind of, you know, you have to... It's a guessing game to figure out who's in the best position emotionally and physically to get the job done. Yeah.
1: And of course, they have other options too. Ellen Perez, who is sitting, I think, at like number 60, what, five or something in the doubles rankings right now as well. They can do... A bunch of different things but I would say we both agree right ultimately if Ashley Barty can put together a three match performance if she still has the legs to play all three you know two singles and a doubles rubber the match is on her racket almost right
2: Oh, I agree. I agree hundred percent. And I, it's so funny. Every time I see Barty, I just want to, I just want to kind of bring up, Hey, do you remember when we played junior doubles at a junior Wimbledon? Is that, is that like a thing in your brain or did we forget? <laughs> <laughs> Cause uh, she, I, I don't rem- even remember what year we played, but she absolutely waxed me in singles and uh, we had doubles together. I think we lost in the quarters of doubles or maybe the round of 16 but it's so long ago and she's done so many great things since i doubt she remembers we'll see i have to i have to bring it up one day dare i
1: say that's our icky vicky story of the week uh, <laughs> that's a good one so
2: being forgotten by barry <laughs> yes <laughs> look
1: i saw her in the cincinnati press room and all i could think to myself is like give me your bicep like workout i would just <laughs> your arms you're jacked And I need to know. Oh, she's she's
2: carved. No, she's completely carved. It's
1: unbelievable. And so, yeah, she looks great. You know, as much as France can throw at Australia, Australia definitely has the best player in this matchup.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: Switching gears now, looking at Team France, and I know you have stuff to do so we can look through this quickly because we kind of talked about I guess West off first, give me a Team France sound effect, please. Again, I feel like that one's a little more obvious. Maybe some Ratatouille sound effect will go from there. But um, for Team France, it, it, much like their men's team, is there a number, you know, top five player in the world? No, but they've got a variety of options. A Corne, a Garcia, a uh, They, I mean, the Modenevich. They can go so many different routes. There's certainly, I mean, there's certainly a path for them to win this final
2: oh I think so even someone like Fiona Farrow who's 63 in the rankings I mean really young and obviously with the young players you never really know how they're going to handle that kind of environment but I think the depth of France to have you know one two three four players within the top 100 that they can pull to um, and you know players who have had great moments in the year obviously and would be, would I think, could stand up pretty well to the challenge. So it'll be really interesting. I think France has a good problem of having a lot of options.
1: Yeah, again, I mentioned those head-to-heads for them. Against a, against a bunch of the Australian players. But the difference for France is they've also had a bunch of players, five different players, get repetitions during this Fed Cup run now. Caroline Garcia's really spearheaded the effort. She's 3-1 and one in singles and that one loss coming to Halep in three sets in Romania. But then there she clinched the the rubber in doubles alongside Kiki Ledenevich in three sets. So she's had a really great Fed Cup run. You can almost feel assured to say she'll play at least one, if not two, if not three of the rubber. Right. She'll definitely be we'll definitely see her at least once this weekend. I mean for Mudenovich, she could be the swing player in this because if she can steal a singles win in that grouping, uh, you know s- be on the doubles court, get a doubles win. That doubles rubber for France feels crucial. It feels like for them to win three singles rubbers, get two victories over Barty, maybe one okay, but two singles victories over Barty just feels really unlikely this weekend. So a lot for France comes down to what doubles pairing they choose and how that doubles team executes.
2: Yeah, I think it'll be an uphill battle for sure. I mean, the momentum that Barty has right now, I think is going to be really hard to stop. So I think going into the doubles rubber, I think France probably feels the same way that they definitely have the upper edge simply because of Kiki, because of the season that Kiki has had in singles. And, you know, Stoser and Barty are an extremely intelligent doubles team. Barty as well has had you know, pretty good stellar season in doubles. And so I think it'll just be really interesting. But I I, I just really think that we have to give the upper edge uh, for doubles to France. So I think it's really going to come down to how they manage what players they want to put in the singles to give themselves a chance for it to maybe come down to the doubles.
1: You're telling me you were playing with Ashley Barty at Wimbledon and you weren't like, girl, like, can you please stop slicing your backhand just this point?
2: I mean yeah I was hitting every ball from my shoelace but that's okay (laughs) we got a we got a tougher leg workout playing against Barty than I ever did in the gym so (laughs) yeah no she's tough to play against on grass oh my gosh even in juniors I was like no one slices like this and we were what 15 14 maybe I was like, this, is, this shouldn't be a thing. This
1: is not a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's nasty, and that variety is going to play into you know Team France, the decisions they want to make, because you're right. You can make a justified case for five different players, starting for them in singles over the course of the weekend, and again, you imagine you're going to see Garcia for two of them, right? She's the top-ranked French woman in singles. She's played well throughout this Fed Cup run, but... Who fills in those other spots, especially because they've had mixed success in that spot? Uh, Parentier won a match, a three set win over the Romania number two player. Cornetts won one of those matches. You mentioned Farrow as well. That's an option. If you are coaching Team France, who do you go with this weekend in singles?
2: Oof. If I'm coaching Team it's France, tough. it's really tough. I think. I think my top three picks would probably be the obvious. I think I'd throw in Kiki in there for sure. Um, I'd throw in Garcia. Kiki's ranked higher than Garcia right now. Kiki's 40. Garcia's 45. And I think Cornet, you know, she's a veteran. She's played in a lot of Fed Cup matches. She knows how to get it done. Cornet's a fighter, too. Cornet's one of those people that when I watch, I'm like, I think she, she just has to play third set. I don't think <laughs> I've sat... I've sat down and watched a Cornet match where she's just one in two sets. She's just one of those people where you know she could be down six zero five zero forty love and you turn the TV off, come back an hour later, and she's up 6-5 in the third. Like, how did this happen? <laughs> so, yeah, she's just one of those players. She's gritty, and, you know, that's crucial for Fed Cup. So I think those three, and, yeah, yeah I mean, I, shoot, I'm, like, sweating thinking about it for the coach, you know? I'm, like, I can't even yeah, imagine. Yeah, it's but, tough. It's really tough, but you got to think those three are going to be in the pool for sure.
1: So I say you go down guns blaze, blazing with Garcia twice. She's the one who got you there. She's earned the right to do it. I really love your Cornet thing. I agree. She just plays third sets. She's that sort of player. But in that first rubber, Ashley Barty's out there, the number one uh, player in the world. Why not just throw the youngster Pharaoh at her? Be like, hey, you have nothing to lose. Just go out. You know, we're not expecting to win this first rubber against Barty. You're a young player. This is your first real big opportunity. Just go out there guns blazing. See what you can do. And then so you lose that. That's fine. But then in the second match, you pull Pharaoh and you say, all right, we need the veteran. We need the number one doubles player in the world, our top ranked singles player at the number two so- spot, send in Ledenovic. And so the first time you give the young buck, the second time you have the veteran. I like mixing up. I certainly think, I mean, unless the number two player for France beats Ashley Barty in that first rubber, which hats off to them if that happens, I think you switch in between uh, the first and the second matches, uh, sets of singles, no matter what.
2: Yeah, I mean I think you made a good point with throwing in Pharaoh. What would be really interesting is if they go completely other way and just throw in Parmentier in there, you know, because Parmentier has had, you know, a pretty good year herself. Uh, she finished the year one she's 122 right now. So I guess kind of throwing in Pharaoh would be a bit of a gamble, throwing in Parmentier who has a bit more wisdom, a bit more experience. Probably I mean definitely still a gamble but you know do we go with like youngster guns blazing or veteran who could maybe try to figure it out a bit better I don't know it'll be really interesting yeah,
1: That's why they don't let me and you coach France but with that in mind let's get a prediction who you got this weekend Australia or France
2: I'm going to go Australia Ooh
1: give me a give me a score
2: I think it's going to be 3-2 I think I think it's going to be real close <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh but that, that would mean Australia would win the doubles, wouldn't it? Well, oh no, that makes no sense. No, well,
1: I, how do they decide the order? it goes single 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 single's doubles last, right?
2: Yeah. So actually I'm going to go I'm going to go Australia 3-1. Mm. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah.
1: And who gets the who gets that third Australia singles win? <sighs> Tough questions here.
2: I'm going to go Tomjanovic.
1: I love it. All right. <laughs> hmm. I want to disagree with you. The answer is yes. <laughs> I would love to disagree with you.
2: Just got to make it interesting. You can't agree with me. Uh, Come on.
1: <laughs> but I don't want to take France. I mean, I love France, but.
2: Uh, I mean, you could go Australia, but just a different score. So we'll see who's closer with the score. So here's
1: the thing. Ashley Barty's on fire. Like we we've talked about that's been the theme of this first 30 minutes is. She's the best player in the world. She's proofed it all year long. The question is, how much does she have left in the tank? And as you mentioned, everything she's talked about with the press this week speaks to her being amped up for this specific moment. And we've seen it too many times, uh, whether it's Davis Cup or Fed Cup. The team with the best player, and especially a player like Barty, who not only is a Grand Slam singles champion, but also that Grand Slam doubles championship she has as well. You just can't curb that momentum. So I am going to say 3-2. I think uh, I think France is going to get two non-Barty singles wins. But I just think Ashley Barty, it doesn't matter if it's Stozer, it doesn't matter if it's Sharma, it doesn't matter if it's Perez. Ashley Barty is the best player in this competition, and sometimes having the best player, especially in a sport like tennis, is enough. So I'm going to take Australia as well. I will disagree with you on the score 3-2, but there's just no better way to cap your season. It's the storybook ending Barty's 2019 deserves, and I'm a man of storytelling. I love a good fairy tale. So give me <laughs> Australia and Barty 3-2
2: perfect <laughs> yeah
1: all right well then with that in mind we'll do this quickly because i know you've got to run but next gen finals not sure how closely you've been watching Semifinals are set alex dimenauer versus francis tiafo this is going to be their third career head-to-head dimenauer 2-0 all-time he beat him at the 2018 u.s open as well as the brisbane outdoors second round of Qualies in 2017 uh both of these guys young studs both of these guys younger than us that's crazy vicky but with that in mind who you got <laughs>
2: Oof! I think I'm gonna go Alex because I think he's just riding this massive wave of confidence right now, and obviously he's the last couple months have been unbelievable for him. I haven't really been following that closely, but um, I go to Twitter for my news anyway, so I've seen <laughs> I've seen on Twitter that uh, someone said that he's been kind of breezing through his matches. Not sure how accurate that was because I didn't really follow, but. Uh, yeah, apparently he's been kind of waxing everyone so far. So, you know, I think someone like Demonor, they're playing indoors, right? The venue yeah. looks like it's an indoors thing. Yeah, I mean, I think Demonor indoors, its you're you're going up against basically Federer. <laughs> well, it's
1: crazy because <laughs> so. he's like six foot tall and indoor hard courts are his best surface, right? It's not like he's slapping serves like Opelka. The guy's just so fast that indoors, it's like you're not going to get a ball by him.
2: No, you can't get a ball by him. I've, I've never seen someone with wheels like him. I've seen some of his Instagram training videos where he's running up all these crazy hills and all <laughs> these rocky hills. I'm like, is that what I'm missing? Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think also he hits so flat. You know, his trajectory over the net is so low but so accurate. So I think someone like him, once you get on an indoor court where the, you know, the play is fast and he has compact strokes and he can really redirect the ball really well, and then you put that with his speed. I think another thing he's improved a lot is his serve. You know, he's his serve is a big weapon now. He's not the kind of guy who's going to completely serve you off the court all the time, but I think he's precise with his serving, and he's clearly improved that. So I think things are falling into place, and he's walking around with a lot of confidence, you know, so it'll be really interesting to see him against Francis. I
1: said it yesterday with Kale, but he's really entered that, you know, from dodgeball, White Goodman mode of nobody makes me bleed my own blood. It's just like he's <laughs> just, you can't get a ball by him. He's offended that you think you could beat him. I agree with you. The guy has looked so rock solid, and I said this yesterday as well. But 2017, Hyeon Chung wins the event. He makes the semifinals of the next year's Australian Open. Last year, it was Sitsipas who made the semifinals of this year's Australian Open. Doesn't Dimenauer fit that profile just perfectly? Like if I told you, hey, Vicky, uh, Alex Dimenauer just made the 2020 Australian Open semis, I feel like you'd believe that.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, Absolutely. He fits right in. Yeah,
1: and so I agree with you. I'm, I'm taking Dimenauer, probably my favorite to win the tournament as well. But on the other side, you know, Miomir on the wall, who's the center of them all? Miomir Kasmanovic oh. versus Yannick Sinner in our other <laughs> semifinal. Vicky, what are you thinking?
2: Oh, I'm torn because I love Misha so much. He trains at IMG. <laughs> I was going to say, he's, he's an IMG guy, right? Yeah, he's such a good kid. Um, I mean, Sinner's so much fun to watch. The kid is so young. Too. It's, just, it's just crazy to me watching these young kids. And I feel like I'm like a grandma at this <laughs> point because I'm like, how are you 18? Like, you're a fetus. So... Um, I mean, I think I haven't really been watching, like I said, so I'm not really sure what Misha's playing like right now. But based on what I've seen from a few highlights from uh, Yannick, you know, maybe maybe I'll go with Yannick because I've just seen him play. I'm not really sure how Misha's playing right now, but my heart wants Misha because the kid is great. Well, as
1: <laughs> always, Vicky, I'm going to follow your heart. I'm going to take Miamir Kasimadovic. I just think physically he's a little bit more ready for this moment than um uh, yannick sinner who's still you know 18 again vicky you turned 24 at the end of this month you're far from a you know an old you know geezer i mean y- you
2: know. yikes don't remind me yeah you're fine <laughs> had,
1: this is my way of saying happy early birthday since obviously we're not going to pod before then um uh-huh. that, was, that was a joke yikes. yeah oh um, that was that was maybe too soon um but <laughs> yeah it's i just think and i say this lovingly kosmetovich has that IMG ball machine quality to him Where you're just like This guy has hit Six million forehands Six million backhands His legs are freaking huge They fill the entire short Like this guy (laughs) is just Physically ready And I think that quantity This late in the year Indoor hardcourt Miamir's the guy in this one Not that Sinner hasn't been great uh, But I think just today You saw He's tired It's a lot of tennis for him Over these past six weeks And he is still 18 years old So you can see How the wear and tear Could be an effect Big moment for him in front of his home crowd. But I'm going to take Kasmanovic, and I feel pretty good about it.
2: I would love a Misha-Demonor final. That's a fun one. That would melt my heart. I would need that. I also need to talk to Hyung Chung about I you know what I mean? I just need to talk to all these old these players about old times with me because as soon as Hyung blew up and he became like mega celebrity, I just kinda got left in the dust and I was like, <laughs> Hyung, you remember when we hit when we were like 30? Thir- I mean he was thirteen, shoot, I was what, thirty? <laughs> but I was like, you know, it's funny now when I see him at tournaments, it's tough. These players have, like, eight, ten people on their teams, you know? (laughs) I'm like, how do I get to you? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, we're going to have to plug in uh, Chong at one point and see if he remembers as well. God, Barty and Hyang, I have a lot of people to blast the pass
1: with here. <laughs> no, I, I would argue that much like them, you are very good at tennis, so it makes sense that you guys would have uh, crossed paths along the way, but with that in <laughs> mind, again, we'll wrap up here, Vicky. Uh, a- any final thoughts before we go?
2: No, I mean, I think... Uh... Everything we've said has been 100% facts and 100% accurate. And was, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, it's been great. It's been fun. I think uh, it'll be really interesting to watch. I, it'll give me a reason to watch uh, the net, next gens now because we've made our predictions. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see if we're right. Staking
1: interest. <laughs> I would take, by the way, hour over. Uh, you said it's Misha is what you call me, Amir Misha?
2: Misha, okay. (laughs) Uh, So I will
1: take hour over Misha in the final. Would you take hour over Sinner as well? Yes. All right. So now we really have our predictions locked in. So now, yeah, (laughs) now you have to watch. But I will take this moment to say, and I I sent this as a text joke to you and Westoff. But seriously, your interviews with Anna, your interview with Lauren—who needs me on cracked interviews anymore? Hopefully, you know it's off season now. As many as many guests you want to bring on, Vicky, uh, cracked interviews is yours to play with. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Can't wait <laughs>
1: Yeah alright well then with that in mind You know also gotta give a shout out as always To the super producers Max Flinger and Daniel Westoff, Who have a f- of an editing job To do as always And you know they've been just as busy as all of these players Since the beginning of the season So we cannot thank them enough for their efforts But with that in mind For my lovely co-host, Vicki Duvall. For our super producers, Max Ligner and Daniel Westhoff. And from our entire team at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Vicki, what do we tell our listeners?
2: God, I forget literally every time. Oh, it's (laughs) alright. I
1: love it. That's the break. Can I get it from you? That's the break. (laughs) (laughs) And we will see you all uh, next week. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy your weekend.